Welcome to The Readings Podcast, a celebration of books. I'm Nico Callaghan. In today's episode, authors Ingrid Laguna and Vanessa Hamilton discuss their new book, Kit and Arlo Find a Way. A middle fiction book and resource aimed at 8 to 12-year-olds, Kit and Arlo Find a Way offers engaging narratives for children and evidence-based prompts and teaching activities for classroom use regarding essential topics for educating young people. Here's the host of the discussion, Readings Programming Manager, Christine Gordon. Hello, my name's Christine Gordon. I look after some of the events that happen at Readings, but I also have great joy in talking to different authors about their books. Welcome to the Readings Podcast. I want to introduce you, if I can, to Ingrid Laguna, who is a writer who also works at Readings and is someone that has been sort of commentating for a long time about the issues of growing up, the issues around consent. Together she has worked with Vanessa Hamilton, who is a sexuality consultant, to produce a book that's aimed at eight to 12-year-olds. It's called Kit and Arlo Find a Way. Ingrid, take us on a bit of a journey, if you can, and just tell me why this book now and what it's about. So thanks for having us. So good to be here. So Kit and Arlo Find a Way is a book that is designed for classrooms and teachers and parents, kids who are in grades three to six. It is basically a fictional chapter book, an engaging page-turning fictional chapter book with a story arc, with some fantastic, well-rounded, relatable characters, and kids will read the story and want to read the next chapter and want to find out what happens next. But the secret weapon of Kit and Arlo Find A Way is that it embodies 13 key principles, as taught to me by Vanessa, as us working together, each scenario embodies another key principle as it relates to the topic of consent and respectful relationships in a child-friendly format. That is, there is nothing in this book that directly references sex or sexuality because there is no need to because as in the book it is defined, consent is all about respectful relationships being how we are in the world, how we interact with other people, just negotiating, decision-making, and a whole range of other things which we will, again, refer to in this conversation. So at the front of the book, there's a list of the titles of each chapter, but at the back of the book, each chapter has associated guided learning and discussion prompts, so really direct, straight-to-the-point questions and discussion prompts. So why did Arlo respond like that? Why do you think Arlo responded like that? Or what would you do in that situation? So a whole range of guided learning questions and prompts and writing prompts, but also there is a dedicated Kit and Arlo Find A Way teaching digital platform that comes with the book for free. So you get the book and then for teachers, which they love, as most people may well know by now, consent education has become mandatory in schools Australia-wide from the beginning of 2023 and is currently mandated in Victoria already. However, teachers, as a teacher myself and as someone who's constantly interacting with teachers through my author visits and Vanessa, who's constantly interacting with teachers and schools through her visits to schools and with teachers and parents, teachers do not feel confident or equipped to teach consent. We understandably have ideas, associations with consent to do with sexuality and intimacy and sexual encounters. That is understandable. That has been the rhetoric, the predominant rhetoric around consent. However, What needs to shift and what is beginning to shift is our understanding of the meaning of consent and why and how it needs to be taught from a really young age. And that is to do with 
the fact that it is about communication, nonverbal and verbal communication, managing disappointment when someone changes their mind. How do kids, when it starts in the playground, this is what Vanessa taught me when I first approached her to write something and I said, will you do something with me on consent because you're this incredible speaker on sexuality and respectful relationships and I want to write something because I think we need change and be part of this change. And I said, how old? And Vanessa said, really, really young. It starts young. We learn about consent and how to behave from a really young age. It starts in the playground. And I said, well, I'm skilled at the craft of writing for middle grade readers. That's my readership. And I can do that. And she said, well, let's start there pretty much. That's kind of the gist of it. We would then work together or list the key concepts that we wanted to embody in the story and to convey to kids without them knowing that they're learning something. And then I created with those, once I had all those concepts and those sort of scenarios, many of which Vanessa gave me directly, others that I came up with, and embed them in a story with a full story arc and a full engaging structure and with engaging characters, Kitten and Arlo and their best friends, Vanya and Harley. Vanessa, when Ingrid first approached you, uh, and I know that Ingrid had heard you speak before at a school visit and was sort of blown away by some of the concepts because, and I guess that's interesting to me because the concepts of consent, in a sense, are relatively new. To a degree, the way we talk about them, they are, but consent is actually relationships. It's essential to humanity. If you think about it, we can actually just take the word sex out of it, especially when teaching children. And the morning that I was teaching in a classroom with grade fives that Ingrid called me that afternoon, a little five-year-old had said to me, I'm so glad you taught me about that hugging thing. I just hug anyone whenever I want to. And her little friend said, yeah, she does. And I'm like, we can teach consent to kids. You know, I've been teaching it. So it's about teaching them kindness and compassion, empathy, respect. As Ingrid said, communication, verbal and nonverbal, safety, permission, reciprocity, generosity. It's wanting the best for yourself and for others. And we want kids to have those embedded consent and respectful relationship skills and understanding ready for their complex sexual and intimate encounters later on in life. And they're just not getting that. Vanessa, uh, when you were advising Ingrid on writing this sort of story and you started at this age of eight, was there a particular reason that eight is, is it a developmental age or what what happens? Well, when when you break down all the ages, it was really useful to put together the eights to the 12-year-olds because the experiences of Kit and Arlo are about the two characters who are living that life. They are sort of grade five, grade six, It's all about the different clubs at school. It's about art class. It's about getting on the bus. It's about going to the park. And that's exactly what that age group does. So we felt that there's groups of age groups where we would have a different dialogue and a different exciting story arc. And we will have that for the future, perhaps, for the bigger kids. But, you know, just before that, going to secondary school as well and talking to them in a primary school age, Ingrid and I both work in primary schools. And so all of the little things that happen in the the book actually happen and teachers have gotten back to us and said that's what happens that is that is their world they completely are so engaged they can't wait for the next chapter and next installment. I was really interested that in your book in the story quite often this notion of verbal and non-verbal communication comes up because it seems to me that must be one of the trickiest concepts to teach to young kids 
Vanessa and then Ingrid, can you talk me through why that was so particularly important in a story like this? Well, uh, the 13 chapters are actually 13 different concepts related to consent, but you, you're quite right. The verbal and the nonverbal comes up in every of the chapters because it is about relationships and relationships about communication and connection with another person. For example, it's just getting kids to have empathy by understanding someone's verbal and nonverbal cues and really thinking about it and getting them to be able to identify them and then how to respond. So that's why there's other topics such as managing your disappointment. Mm. So when your partner has said they don't want to play that game anymore, you know, suddenly Arlo doesn't want to play anymore. The kid's really disappointed. So how's kid going to manage that? And there's a few things to that. It's managing disappointment, you know, counting to five, being really proud of yourself that you created a space for your friend to be able to verbalise that they didn't want to continue. And what alternatives can you do instead? You could swap to a different activity. One person can stay there and keep doing that one. So if you think of those analogies in relation to intimate encounters later on, those embedded skills are what we want them to have. And there's a whole lot of other topics like enthusiastic and ongoing consent, listening to your own truth, you know, you don't not having to give in to other people just to appease them. Ingrid, how, how enjoyable was it to create a story around these sort of fundamental foundations, lessons that you wanted to teach? Was that something that you enjoyed doing or did you feel a little constrained with your imagination you know it was so interesting because it actually it actually came really easily and I guess what what was revealed to me was that it's because all the scenarios that are in there are very much the scenarios that kids within this age range um, experience it wasn't hard to do and especially once I got some input from Mia from my daughter and I said to her look I need this situation in which the two key characters at the start of the book don't have a respectful relationship and where there is great conflict, where Kit is not good at asserting herself and her truth or what she actually thinks and wants and is feeling and, and where there's another character is effectively quite a, a bully and, it, and isn't respectful in terms of boundaries. He has his own reasons. He has anxiety and poor role modelling, et cetera. But I needed a scenario in which they went from sort of a quite a dysfunctional, disrespectful relationship to one in which that shift and they both had learned a lot and changed their behaviour, in fact. And, and Mia just said, well, enemies to besties. And for kids 8 to 12 years old, right, mm. it's all about that social dynamic mm. and who's friends with who and who's your best friend and it's all about that stuff. And so to start off with that dynamic where the kid's having problems and they're, they're all negotiating, they're all trying to be talking about, oh, he did that, but that's okay, oh, that's not okay, that's not hard to write for that age range. And also once I realised that I needed a catalyst, so I needed to set it up that it was really a problem for, for Kit being in a classroom with Arlo, and then I realised that the catalyst could be that what happens is Arlo moves in next door to Kit, right? So for kids reading that, that's like, oh, no, that's the worst. And then one of Kit's mums says, okay, they're going to share a babysitter. So And Kit's like, no way, you can't do that. And, and she's like, no, we are, you're in the same class, it's fine. Both, both families needed it's a good thing so they're forced to and then Kit begins to see Arlo in a different context and he behaves a bit differently and from there there's a whole range of scenarios that happen that are quite you know engaging they both learn from each other and it really it came quite easily probably because they're also pertinent to that age range yeah I'm interested in the sort of the characters of the parents you know they're the kids greatest influences whether we like it or not how important was it that you had parents that could see the situation that was happening with these young people? 
Yeah, it was so important. And you can notice that some of the parents don't really notice what's happening with the kids and other parents do notice what's happening with the kids. But we wanted to reflect children's experiences. So we wanted to put in as much diversity there as well. But at the same time, this is a respectful relationships book. So showing some of the things related to disrespect, almost coercive control in one of the partnerships in a subtle way gives an indication of where children pick up those experiences in the household and how it reflects in their behaviour. So Arlo's behaviour, he at a point when he's doing a bit of sense of self and personal strength and checking in, he realises that he hasn't had the best experiences from the adults in his world and he can see an alternative in a different household and a different way of relating to each other with respect. So we wanted to show those bits of respect as well. And and one of the examples, new consent concepts, one of the ones of no means no has been very unhelpful for a long time. So one of the topics that we put in there was the responsibility of yes should be shared. So the kids get kid to watch a, a scary movie when they know it makes her scared and she'll have to sleep with the lights on for a week. But they coerce her and encourage her to watch this movie and then we think about well whose responsibility is it they shouldn't have even suggested something they know that she doesn't like in that scenario the parents aren't supervising the kids and so in that household the children are able to watch whatever they wanted to watch on tv and the kids can relate to that and so we want to still remember that household (laughs) we all know that household (laughs) yeah yeah so earlier on you talked Vanessa about wanting to do this same sort of concept this idea that you examine a friendship and you examine a relationship and what young readers can learn from that. You said that perhaps you wanted to continue this project and look at what the early years of high school, is that what would be happening? Well, we came up with 23 consent ingredients. Bloody hell. Yeah, and they're in the back of the book. And if you look at those consent ingredients, they are relevant to all of us, no matter what age. And as the children grow and start at at around 10, 11, 12, they start looking at relationships and they're wondering whether relationships might be something for them in the future, what's a normal relationship. Now, if their only frame of reference is what they see on TV and those shows will remain nameless as to what a relationship is, you know, we need to give them a, a different alternative. And so that would engage that thinking about relationships and they start to think about their sexuality as their worth. And so empowering them with being that that sense of self. And some of the words in the consent ingredients are being aware of how they impact other people, actively giving and receiving permission, exercising mutual agreement, negotiation on all shared activities. There's so many. Be honest, trust others, respect others, be ethical, make mutual decisions. As you can see, it's got nothing really to do with sex and intimacy, but they're embedded skills we want them to have. Yeah, and I just I just want to add to that to just really emphasize this was such a big learning for me. This was such a big takeaway for me working with Vanessa. You know, that point that you've said, Vanessa, to me, you know, that if we're teaching consent or all, all these principles to kids who are 15, 16, 17 years old, and yes, we must do, and hopefully will do that, in a way it's too late. It's <laughs> not too late and it's worth it, but having these values really internalised because it's about values. It's about how we operate and how we treat other people. And so that stuff is learned at a really young age. So it's pretty hard to change your values 
of a 15 or 16 year old in relation often it might be gender based as well from role modeling well, and I don't know about you Ingrid but I, I've got children as well teenagers and I think from about the age 15 there's no point telling them anything there's <laughs> <laughs> literally no point literally it's more well, them telling us 100% well I, I read an article the other day that apparently they've they know all of our opinions by the time they're 15 so it's time <laughs> for us to just sit back and for them to work it out from there so when we talk about these topics and when I say these topics I'm talking about human sexuality, respect, relationships and consent because they're scaffolded together. They go hand in hand. You can't teach one without the other. It's about giving them that information as early as possible. It's never too late to get started. However, the earlier, the better. And that's why we need to have those conversations earlier. Yeah. And they do change as their age increases. When you talk about doing a new project together, it's sort of an expansion of this particular program. Are you talking about then targeting young teenagers or are you talking about creating another story, another kind of adventure that shares these foundational concepts? So there's such a need for this resource that is really user-friendly and it's just, you know, teachers and educators and people who are in positions that are related to this that they can just pick it up and use it. So because of that really positive response, we're pretty excited and we feel there's a real need to do another one. And so we've just been talking. We, we don't quite have the capacity. We're both working on other projects that just at the moment. But we are excited and it's bubbling away and we have talked about a premise, et cetera. So, and, and Vanessa recently sort of said, look, the, so the next one could be grade seven to nine. Yeah. Um, when you're thinking about it in terms of school context, grade seven to nine and then maybe 10 to 12. That's right, because the yeah. language will be different. We're talking about ages of consent by this stage so the, the messages will be different and the language needs to be targeted and age-appropriate. As all this education is, it's age-appropriate. And with yeah. that, Christine, um, most teachers have never had any training in delivering this sort of content. So the website is 13 lesson plans for teachers to use in class. There's 13 topics related to consent that I wanted them to know and nine videos on how to teach these difficult topics in the classroom. It's actually an extraordinary platform, this kind of package that you've created. Ingrid and Vanessa, how long did it take to create and why do you reckon in your heart of hearts, and I know both of you are parents, why is this going to always be one of those projects that you understand change lives? So Ingrid, take us away, like how long did this take to develop and then why, mm. speaking as a parent now, not mm. as the author, not a, mm. why is something yeah. like this? I'm just going to start by responding to your latter question because I'm because it's an important one to me and that is that um, as a woman I have experienced way too much experiences of sexual assault of various in various kinds of various scenarios in my life and I am furious and I am furious that there has not been enough change I am outraged I have a 15 year old daughter I have been fearful all her life for what she may or may not experience but will probably will experience yeah. I know my mother, all of my friends have experienced sexual assault in various ways. It makes me want to cry just even thinking about it. I'm so angry. And, you know, with the revelations with, that came along with the Me Too movement, which were not surprises to so many women, they weren't, it wasn't a fucking surprise no. at all. But it was like, like at least something that was out. And so I guess that's what fired me up to kind of really want to do something. So, yeah, I am absolutely passionate about it. And for all the books that I, that I know I've written, four other books, this book I do want to educate people. 
my other books have inadvertently you know, have been educational in terms of writing about you know themes of diversity and inclusion and empathy. But this book, I very consciously do want to make change and make a difference. In terms of the time frame, I approached Vanessa in early 2021. That's when we've had our first conversation. It was sort of a lot of back and forth is sort of fleshing out the concepts. Once I kind of had the story arc in place, that it came easily. The characters came easily. One never knows why, really, but I, I don't know. With the time frame, it hit the shelves on the first of June. That's a it's a great question, and I'm just soaking in sexuality and how it is in our society. And my message to parents, the take home message, is this: Who do you want to be to be the main provider of information regarding each of these topics to your child? Who do you want to be their main source of information? And parents say, "Well, I want it to be me," but it isn't. It's social, popular culture, TV, sexual content online, all of those sort of things. That's the main educator and we need to be much louder and we're not doing enough. So we are both very passionate um, and the timing was exquisite by chance. (laughs) So the feedback I'm getting, even adults saying, I read Kit and Arlo and I went and stood up for myself at work because we haven't had this education either, Chris. That's why it's ongoing because society, we are way behind the eight ball and we've got to do better for this generation of kids. We're going to finish up there. But first of all, on behalf of sort of readings and all of our listeners and our community, I wanted to thank both of you, Vanessa and Ingrid, for bringing something like this to our shelves, for bringing something like this into our minds, for making us think about how every action and every word has a consequence. Congratulations to you both. Kit and Arlo, Find a Way, is one of those books, is one of those stories that will change lives. Congratulations and thank you so much for joining us here today. You can stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast at our website, where you'll also find all kinds of other recommendations for great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to Air News or to receive our free monthly newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The Readings Podcast is produced by me, Nico Kelly. The show's music is by Tom Hoskins. All episodes of this show are recorded and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge traditional owners of this land and pay earnest respect to elders past, present and those emerging. Thank you for listening.